Welcome to our Daily Word in Prayer, and I've got an important question that a lot of Christians don't know how to answer properly, which was proven this week when I was on campus. And that question goes like this. When you die, if God were to ask you why he should let you into heaven, what would you say? Now, I must say that usually a lot of people use this in evangelism, and this is called a diagnostic question. The purpose of the question is to help a person help identify where a person's faith and hope really lies. What they say, how they answer this question will tell what their true hope, the basis of their eternal salvation is. We ask this question often of non-Christians in evangelism, and I'm becoming convinced that we need to ask it more and more of those who are already followers of Christ because there's confusion on their part, and they're missing out on, they might be missing out on salvation, but they are definitely missing out on the joy of their salvation, the joy that they could have in their faith in Christ. So this question, when you die, if, you, if God were to ask you why, you why he should let you into heaven, what would you say? And more often than not, People who claim to be Christian, followers of Christ, claim, claim to be saved by grace through faith. They will begin the answers with this word, I. That'll be the subject of their sentence. And it'll be followed by, I've go to church, or I've tried my hardest, or I've been a good person, or I've never hurt anybody or I've lived the way God wanted, or I followed Jesus, or I, did, I lived the way Jesus wanted or I was a kind person, I was a just person, I was a righteous person. All of these, these are all answers I've heard this very week on campus. And i sorry to inform these people, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. Because the subject of the sentence is I, ourselves. And when we're claiming that my hope of eternal life my hope of being accepted by God begins with things that I have done, things that I have achieved, ways that I have lived. That's what we call self-righteousness, that the basis of my righteousness, the foundation of my righteousness is me, what I've done. It starts with me or I, and that's not the way it ought to be. Why is that? Why is that? Why is my righteousness not of me? Why is it not based on the way I live my life? Well, we know this. They'll, the, the very people that tell me this will all admit it. They're sinners. And yet still, even many Christians have this idea that God kind of weighs our, you know, our, good, our good stuff versus our bad stuff. If the bad outweighs the good, or if the sin outweighs the righteousness, we're in trouble. But if our goodness outweighs our sinfulness, if our good deeds are greater than our bad deeds, if our good actions outweigh our sin, then we're okay. And so they're still trusting in this self-righteousness or this legalistic efforts that if I live a good enough life, God will accept me. That's not what the New Testament teaches. That's not what Jesus came to do, to say he came to came to accomplish. Let's look at a couple of verses here that tell us this. And this is so important we understand, even as believers. 
Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, very, very popular verse. And in fact, I people will answer me, I, 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 and I quote this to them and say, oh yeah, I believe that. But somehow they're not getting it. Let's read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one will boast. Salvation is God's gift. It's given on the basis of grace. Grace is an undeserved or unmerited, some a kindness of God. The mercy, the goodness of God given to undeserving people. That's what the word grace means. And so when God's kindness, mercy is given to us undeservedly, then and it's given as a gift. Do you earn a gift? When you get a gift, at, when you receive a gift, did you earn it? Well, it's not a gift if you earned it. It's what you deserved. It's what you were paid. And that's what this next verse tells us. Romans chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor. And that's that same word, grace, the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. It's the same word. The one who works... His wage is not credited as a favor as, or as grace, but as what is due. You earned it. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Do, do you realize the foundation here of salvation, of, of receiving grace, is to say, I believe in a God who justifies or makes righteous the ungodly, people who receive God's grace and salvation, they don't make a claim that I'm godly, I'm good, uh, I, I need a little bit of grace because I fell a little bit short, but by and large, you know, I, I got there most of the way. I'm like 80% good and I needed Jesus to save me that last 20%. No. To those who believe in a God who justifies the ungodly. If you don't admit and acknowledge your sinfulness, you're not really a candidate for God's salvation. That's important to realize. If you, if a person stands there and claims that, yes, Jesus saves it, I'm good, I've done this, I've done that, I've done these good things, I've, I, you can count on me doing all this stuff, and yet Jesus saves me. No, he justifies the ungodly. He came to save sinners. This is step one to entering the kingdom. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I, I deserve judgment. But instead, I believe in a God who gives grace, mercy, kindness, and forgiveness to undeserving people. So important that we understand that. And that faith is credited as righteousness. But don't we have to work too? Don't we have to work for our salvation as well? Isn't it a mixture of grace and works both? Look at Romans 11, verse 6. Here he says, "For it, but if it is by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. It's one or the other. Either, either you deserve what God gives you or it's a gift that you didn't deserve. It's one or the other. It can't be both. They're, they're opposites. If it's by grace, if God gives you a gift, you didn't earn it. Otherwise, the gift is no longer a gift. 
It's something deserved, like it says in Romans 4. It's not a favor. It's not grace. You earned it. You worked for it. You deserve it. Salvation is given to ungodly people who trust and have faith in a God of mercy, kindness, and love and acknowledge, I couldn't do it. I fell short. I was ungodly. I needed salvation. We know Scripture tells us in John 3.16, the most common verse in the Bible, I had hoped, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. This this faith, this belief in Jesus is the foundation of salvation. And so if someone were to ask me today, Tom, when you die, if God were to ask you why he should let you into heaven, what would you say? I wouldn't want to begin with boasting about all the things I've done. I wouldn't want to end in boasting all that. I wouldn't even want to bring up boasting all the things I've done. The only way I'd use the word I is to say, I am a sinner. I have not, I have not qualified in and of myself. I'm not good enough. That's the only way I'd use the word I. And then I would say the subject of my salvation is Jesus. The focus of my salvation is Jesus Christ. I would say, I'm not good enough. Jesus is good enough. Jesus was able to save me. What Jesus did on the cross, he died for my sins. He took away what I had done wrong. He washed me clean by his precious blood. My salvation isn't based on me. It's based on Jesus Christ. So if God were to say, Tom, why should I let you in heaven? I would say, because Jesus Christ saved me. It's that simple. Jesus Christ saved me. Don't boast of yourself. Don't at, don't say, yeah, I accepted Jesus. And also, you know, I did all these good things. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Otherwise, you're indicating you're trusting in yourself, trusting your own goodness. Jesus did it all. He paid it all. All of what we need for salvation, he took care of it all. Give him the credit. Give him the glory. Give him the grace. Give him the praise. Your salvation is based on the grace that he freely gave you. That's a free gift. Receive him. When we have Jesus Christ, we receive this free gift of eternal life and salvation. Receive. Don't don't boast. You come empty-handed and you receive what he gives. Does this mean that our works are totally worthless and that we can just go do anything we want? Again, this is what we talked about a few days ago here, that Muslims always raise the question. If we're forgiven by grace, then you can do anything you want. Well, that's the point. If you realize grace and you realize what Christ has done, what are you going to want to do? You're going to want to please him. You're going to want to love him. You're going to want to be grateful to him. If, if If you really get what we're talking about today, if you really get it, it's going to create within you a desire to love God and please God and be grateful to God. You won't be serving God out of the fear of punishment. You'll be doing good works because you love him. And this is what we read in Ephesians chapter 2. Remember we saw in verses 8 and 9? In 8 and 9, we saw that by grace you're saved through faith, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. We're not saved by our works. 
We're not saved by being good enough. We, we can't go to heaven and say, hey, I, where's my spot? I was good enough. Where, you know, I kind of deserved that bigger spot over there. No. What do we say? We're saved by grace undeservedly. But the next verse after Ephesians 2, 8, 9, verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. We are the recipients of his grace and love. We are the recipients of his mercy. And because of that, we, we, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. My friend, we have good works, not in order to be saved, but because we are saved. And the order matters. Don't get the cart before the horse. We do good works because we're Christians, because we're his workmanship, because we're, we're his trophies of grace and mercy, and we want the world to see what he's done in our lives. We don't do it in order to earn his grace. We do it because we have freely received of his grace. We don't do it to earn his love. We do good things to demonstrate that we've received his love. It's important. My friends, a lot of Christians don't get this. A lot of Christians don't get this, and we need to help them understand because this can set you free to serve God with boundless love, and that's what he wants. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you praise and thanks for this glorious gospel message. Thank you for the grace of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that our salvation is was not earned, we confess, Lord. We've all done things we're ashamed of. We've all done things that we know would keep us from, from eternal life. But Jesus, when you went to the cross, you paid it all. You, you, your blood cleanses us of every sin. And so we don't stand here and claim that we were pretty close to good. We just need a little bit of forgiveness. We confess we were sinners. Indeed, Lord, far worse than most of us realize. But we were lost and you saved us, and for this we're grateful. And I pray, Father, you'd help us to understand grace to a deeper level, mercy, love to a deeper level, and that you'd help each one of us here to be motivated, controlled by the love of Christ, that it would control the way we live, not not serving you out of fear of that you're gonna just waiting to punish us, but that you love us fully in Christ. What glory. Thank you for the gospel. We want to preach it, proclaim it, and tell it to the world. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Don't you love the word of God? I do. It sure is different. It's different than what we think naturally. It's different than what we hear in the world. That's why we got to get in the word of God every day to let it cleanse and wash over and change our mind. That's why we come here every day. And I hope you'll join us. If you're new, a special welcome, but I hope you'll like our channel, subscribe, tell your friends, make a commitment, not to just come here when you feel like it or it pops up on your YouTube page. Make a commitment to come the same time every day, either live in the morning when we're together, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, or later in the day, you can watch the convenience in your schedule but build it into your schedule so that you're faithful. Okay? So glad to have you here. So glad to have you along. Until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with grace and assurance of his love for you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.